If there is a song by Queen that has massive sentimental value for fans, the most sentimental value, it might be this. This is such a loved song, so well-known, celebrated, is very nostalgic for many, infinitely tied to the wonderful Freddie Mercury. This is Love of My Life. Dive number 43, track number nine on Queen's A Night at the Opera, released in 1975. This is all soft rock balladry. It's beautiful. It's marvelous. It's one of their best, easily one of their most loved, and for very, very good reason. Interesting note, this was actually released as a single in June of 79. It was the Live Killers acoustic recording of it. So the studio track was never released independently as a single, but the live performance was. And there's a good reason for that as well. We'll talk about why. Because that single charted number 63 in the UK. So not overly impressive, especially since the guys were very established at that point. But here's the thing. It went to number one in Argentina and Brazil in 81 for the whole year. It was in the charts. Sorry. (laughs) It wasn't number one for the whole year. It was in the charts for the whole year. That is something at the time no other band had done. Very impressive. And we'll talk about why. 79 beats per minute. It's very soft and slow, but you don't realize the tempo is that slow because this is all emotion and feeling and intensity. 4-4 time signature. Very simple. Keys of F major and C major. And the live version is in D major. Another interesting little shift. This is a tender and affecting song professing a need for true love's return and its affections, desires, and trust, despite the darkness along the way. It's most often said this song is for Freddie's dear Mary Austin, who he met in 70 and had a very long relationship with for many years. They were so close that even after they broke their relationship off. They remained very close friends, partners, companions, and Freddie's had such affection for her. He left most of his estate to her, and she maintains it to this day. It's a very touching story. And this is indeed the sentiment portrayed in the film Bohemian Rhapsody, that this song is for Mary. If this is true, then portions of the song, or maybe perhaps all of it, might be from her perspective. I've often wondered that, as many fans have. But here's the thing. Apparently, Freddie remarked to Circus Magazine in the 70s at some point that love of my life was about no one. I've looked at archives. I cannot find any particular Circus Magazine interview where Freddie said that. But I suppose it's possible. But in another interesting twist, Queen's manager, John Reed, 
said this was actually about a man named David Minns, who Freddie had an affair with during the mid-70s while he was still seeing Mary. Honestly, I'm most inclined to believe the writer himself. I'm most inclined to believe Freddie's words that this was about no one. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it is about this man, David Minns. Maybe it is about Mary. But this changes my feeling around the song because for a long time, I did indeed believe this was about Mary. And like I said, that might be true, but it, it kind of realizes in full emotion that there was this massive important role that Mary played in Freddie's life, if that were the case. So there's an incredible sense of longing and the romance here and the need here and the trust here is very apparent. So it's a touching song when you think of it like that. But to know that this may have either been about no one or someone else entirely kind of puts a different spin on it. It's still a great song. It's still a fantastic song. It's glorious. It's lovely. It's gorgeous. But yeah, my, my feelings around it are a little bit different now. It feels more ambiguous. It feels more open-ended somehow if it's not really this personal expression to someone in particular. It just feels different. It makes it wider in a way, but it also feels less special. And that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> but again, it does not change how absolutely brilliant this song is and the way it's crafted in its romantic expression. One of Freddie's gorgeous piano and vocal-driven ballads, sprinkled with bright harp, harp, yes, and a light support of bass and cymbals from John and Roger, respectively. I want to note Brian's classically influenced guitar work and his string-like approach of playing is absolutely commendable. Freddie's piano has almost never been more gorgeous. That perfectly performed classical solo in the bridge is breathtaking in its expression and precision. Somehow, to me, this echoes Freddie's earliest pieces, like My Fairy King and Nevermore. It's beautiful, dreamy, but more refined and composed. It lacks a conventional song structure, but it shifts effortlessly from phrase to phrase with Roboto phrasing, especially on the piano. This means that the tempo is very flexible. There almost isn't one in these moments because it moves with the music. Together with the deep and dramatic vocals and those crescendos, the sentimental emotion and honesty tug at your heartstrings. Freddie alone provides all lead and harmony vocals to devastating effect. His performance is immaculate. His overdubbed vocals so perfectly timed and executed. You almost believe he is a man who can simultaneously provide every harmony of every chord. In a stark contrast to Freddie's earlier vocal performances like Death on Two Legs or Seaside Rendezvous, both on this album, this is all tender almost shy or hesitant, hurt, desperate, and yes, beautiful, lovely, 
There's a pleading here though. It's interesting. This song balances so well. Again, that shyness, there's a, there's a very subtle hesitancy because it's a little quiet in some moments. But there's this honesty as well, putting it all out there and being so open and expressive. Ah, I love the sentiment here. It was performed 326 times by the boys and another, wait for it, 843 times by numerous cover bands and artists for a grand total of a whopping 1,169 performances. It's interesting, though, it didn't appear on a set list for Queen until 77 and was played on every tour through 86. And for live performances, Brian rearranged this song for 12-string guitar and lowered the key by a minor third. So he did this to make it just a little bit easier to perform live for he and Freddie. Love of My Life is, of course, a very special live number for Queen, and one I doubt they realized would become so important to the fans. More than any other Queen song, fans sing this in its entirety, word for word, even if English isn't their first language. It's performed simply with Brian on guitar and Freddie singing and conducting the audience. This was a brief moment of beauty and sadness among the heavy rock numbers, and somehow, even more intimate than the studio version. It's a beautiful duet, as Freddie often called it, between the audience and the band they loved. And the crowd always loved it, and they still do, from city to city, country to country. And since Freddie's death in 91, Brian often performs the live vocals on the song, and it becomes a touching tribute to Freddie as well. Crowds often sing a huge part of the song with an intensely moved Brian playing guitar. There's usually a moment, or maybe always a moment, where footage of Freddie from the 86 Magic Tour appears on the giant screen on stage, and he closes out the number as the audience inevitably sings with him. It's a beautiful moment, always gets a ton of reaction from the crowd, and Brian almost always sheds a tear or two. I saw this happen and got to be a part of this magical moment when the guys performed at the Tacoma Dome in 2019. It was beautiful. It was lovely. Everybody had their lights on, lighters out, their phones lit up. The entire arena was lit up. You could see everybody. And Brian was incredibly moved. It was a really beautiful moment. I didn't film or take a lot of pictures at the concert. I do that as a conscious decision because I want to enjoy the experience. I don't want to be obsessed with taking pictures or video, but I did do a shot or two during that moment because I wanted to remember what it looked like and how it felt. But even watching it now, when I think back to it, 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 there was nothing like being there. Those moments like that, when it's so intimate with so many people, it's magic. And not every band can do that with a song. After Queen's many live performances, Freddie once said in 81, quote, Love of My Life is adapted on stage for guitar, but it was written on the piano. 
I've totally forgotten the original. And if you asked me to play that now, I couldn't. Sometimes I have to go back to the music sheet and I can't read that well either, unquote. That is amazing to me that Freddie sat down and recorded what he did on this piano for the song in the studio. And because the guys never played it live like that, never played it live like that, he, there was no way he could, he could do it if you asked him to. What a one-off amazing performance to get from him. And how precious is it that we have it on this song? It's really fantastic. Brian has commented on how magical this song was and still is live, that it was the real moment the band knew just how connected the fans were to their performances. We Will Rock You was another one of those moments, but I think the fact that any any crowd from any country, South America included, could sing out this entire thing with perfect diction and pronunciation That's a big deal. That's investment. That's love for a song, for a band. Awesome. Brian played the harp painstakingly, recording chords one by one by one, and essentially copying and pasting them, if you will, or splicing them together on the tape to create the seamless effect of the classically perfectly played harp. This is just another reason I gave a night at the opera to Brian. He is the one that steals my attention the most, especially when you consider the previous track, The Prophet Song. What Brian is doing on this album is phenomenal. Another fact I found particularly interesting about Love of My Life, the band Extreme, do you guys remember? More than words. They covered this song as well as countless other bands covering this song. I just find it kind of cool that the band (laughs) did the song that so many other people have covered more than words has covered this song because it, it, it kind of perfectly makes sense when you think about the way the vocals move in this number. Oh, and I want to talk about that more in a little bit here. I have nothing bad to say about this. Nobody's said anything bad about this. Nobody. Critics, fans, I have not seen one bad sentiment about love of my life. People love this song. And how could you not? If you don't feel something when you hear this, I don't think you have a pulse. (laughs) It's just that affecting. Freddie is that good with his vocals. This is all about Freddie's performance here. It's all about his voice and the way he pushes and pulls on it, restrains, and it's aching. This is gorgeous, this song. Journalist Leslie Ann Jones once wrote, one special song stole the show, Love of My Life. The fans knew the song by heart. Their English was word perfect. The throng was suddenly transformed into a sea of swaying flames as thousands pulled their lighters out. What a great write-up. That's exactly what I experienced in a different, more modern way, but I experienced the same reaction from the crowd. Fans generally adore this song, and they cite it as one of their favorite Queen live moments and their favorite Freddie ballad, if not their favorite Queen ballad, period. 
It's delicate, a completely magical transition from the previous track's acoustic guitar outro from the prophet song, aching, bleeding in its beauty. Yes, I'm getting intense here. The piano, this piano is Freddie's most gorgeous and heartfelt we've heard yet. Beautiful, classically inspired chords accented with Brian and his lovely guitar and just a bit of bass from John. And then it happens, a surprising shift in chords and then a gorgeous harp. Hello, Brian, on that harp. It spirals up the scale, a moment of holding the breath, and then Freddie, such heart, an ache, a longing. There's such control in his falsetto here, beautifully performed and tender. Like some other softer songs before it, Freddie displays a restraint and an honesty that's genuine. As we get into the second verse, John appears dancing delicately around Freddie's piano and vocals. It's lovely, that bass, not ever overdone, not ever overshadowing the rest. Freddie's harmony vocals are just divine, almost unbelievable in their synchronicity. The end of that phrase, the one that goes, you don't know what it means to me. Oh, it's so good. Goosebumps. Yes, we have a lovely classical interlude. Reminds me of Amadeus. Yes. A piano trill, John on his bass, an ideal support, and almost very nearly a brief solo for him. Brian appears in a surprising way on his guitar, almost like a cello or some other stringed instrument arrangement, a brilliant effect. This bridge is lovely and assuring. There are moments as Freddie sings that lead, it reminds me of Paul McCartney actually, and I've never noticed that before. There's a purity in his words, an innocence. I still love you. Oh, this next phrase with Brian on that guitar, transcending until Freddie takes over with that absolutely incredible classical run into a crescendo so intense and filled with a sudden, though brief, crash of cymbals. Freddie's ooze blanket the soundscape until we have a final phrase. Bring it back home to me because you don't know. <sighs> Harp again, that touch of cello through a guitar again, and a resolution of classic chords that's wrapped up in a soaring outro of harp that tugs at your heart, yes, as a partner piece with the track before it, with the prophet song. These two songs together make for one of the more magical and impressive sections of a rock album ever, ever. I'm not the only one to think that. That is a very common comment from many, from classical artists and rock artists alike. People love the transition between the prophet song and love of my life. They almost belong together. It's like, we will rock you and we are the champions. If you were going to play the prophet song on the radio, <laughs> you would have to play Love of My Life or vice versa. If you were going to play Love of My Life, it should be required <laughs> that the prophet song also comes with it. A glorious number, this song, a loved one. 
a nostalgic one, and again, always brings to mind the lovely Freddie and his confident expression with this tenderness. I love it. It is so much like Nevermore and, and Moments of My Fairy King. I hear so many echoes of those songs in here. It's stunning. Go listen to Love of My Life. Check out the rock Montreal version from 81. Go check out any live version. Just enjoy it. There are probably better ones than others. I can't think of one of the best ones I've heard when it comes to audience participation. There are probably many of those as well. But go check out and take in Love of My Life. It's going to get to you. It's going to make you feel something. It's lovely. And I will be back again next time with a number that is so innovative. It's going to be something we talk about once and never again. But that is Queen for you, especially this era of Queen in the mid-70s. I will be back again. Keep yourselves alive. Stay cool. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Keep hoping for the best. I'll be back next time. Hang in there, guys.